gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Clearing. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. I am Jake Bachman, joined by Austin Orman because Rico is heading down to Lawrence to check out uh, some WNIT action tonight between the Huskers and Jayhawks. So uh, hopefully he makes it there uh, safe. It's not too bad of a drive down to Lawrence. Uh, nah. Yeah. You've made the drive before. You said you've been to a, a game at Kansas, right? Yeah, I went to the Nebraska-Kansas game. Would have been December of 2016, I yeah, think. That sounds about right. Yeah, December 2016. Yeah. Best well, place I, I've ever watched a basketball game. Really? Best place. Just the, P- the environment? PBA's good. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's fine. Carver-Hawkeye is an interesting setup where it sinks in instead of getting built up. Um, I would just plow Nebraska in that one. Um, saw one at the barn up in the Twin Cities. Hmm. Same, same sort of thing. Too. That's an elevated court, isn't it? And su- yeah, elevated court, super old building. Hmm. The, the stands are super old. Yeah. Um, neat, neat interior. Not the best place. The environment at at Fog Allen was top yeah. notch. Like, not a Kansas fan. I was there, you know, rooting on Nebraska with a Kansas fan. I got goosebumps. Even though I, I hate Kansas, I hate everything that program really stands hate, for. You yes. do. You hate Kansas. Yes. And, and, and just everything that program stands for. And, and looking at Fog Allen from the outside, mm-hmm. it looks like just an average rec center. Mm-hmm. Like It looks like every other building on campus. It does. Yeah, I've you, seen it. I've, I've, I've toured it. I haven't seen a game there. Yeah, you walk in and like, oh, it's actually bright in here. It's different. And then you walk in and you're like on the court. You're like steps away from the actual baseline, and that's cool. Oh, yeah. Their pregame stuff was awesome. The crowd was into it. It was not the most competitive game, but Nebraska yeah. hung close enough to they keep did better the, the, the crowd re- engaged. The next year at uh, Pinnacle Bank. I literally called that Mikhail Luke was going to hit the three. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. I called it. <laughs> well, he was the guy <laughs> to look out for. That was his specialty. Well, no. Uh, I mean, if you look at everyone else they had on that team, everyone else was trying to, no, they're going to go for the two, and if they have yeah. a kick out, maybe, but they're, they're going for the two. They're going into the post. No. They're going to Mikhail Luke for the win. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. Man. that was And that was sad because that – what was – it was the volleyball – was it the championship or the final four? I can't remember. The, so it was basically the uh, the setup, and, and I stayed there. It was watch Nebraska, Kansas, and then stay, stick around for the volleyball game. And I did, and, but I, I but it was just like the environment. Like it just kind of lost its luster, right? It was like mm-hmm. we're that close to beating Kansas. And then you just kind of have to walk away from it. Um, but uh, I stayed for the volleyball uh, game up on the big screen. I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but it was a big volleyball game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of a, a fun memory and, and, and a good uh, a good job by Nebraska. I like when they're they're able to pair that and like acknowledge you as a Nebraska fan. It's not you know you don't have to be a Nebraska volleyball fan or a Nebraska basketball fan. It's like all right, we're we're getting these things going at once, which is why I was a little bit disappointed on Black Friday when they had the Nebraska basketball game going on during the. Nebraska uh, Iowa football game are just going care for me care for me why? yeah yeah I mean, I, I want, I, these are my two favorite teams uh, on the one hand it's good that Nebraska basketball got to another multi-team event because y- y- you like playing in those I mean yeah. having 
you know, the the one-off games, the regular non-conference games is fine. But if you want to be a big-time program, you find your way to a multi-team event. Mm. I mean, make yourself part of the conversation in some form or fashion over Thanksgiving weekend. So, yeah, it didn't have to be at exactly the same time. That was frustrating. But, yeah, so me as a Duke fan, I had Husker football, Husker basketball, and Duke basketball Uh playing (laughs) all in the same window, which was frustrating. The other thing about that 2017 Nebraska-Kansas game Mm -hmm. was there to watch that one. Went to my first NCAA tournament game later, so the 2017-18 season, in March then of 2018. Watched that same Kansas team get a horse crap charge call from Roger Ayers to beat Duke in Omaha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was in Omaha. Malik right. Newman went off. Was that the Elite Eight? Sweet yes, yeah, Elite, Elite Eight. Eight. Yeah, That was a big one. I had to survive Syracuse in the Sweet 16. Mm. I-, I bought tickets for the Elite Eight game as soon as I knew Duke made it through. Had they not, I would have been stuck watching Syracuse. Oh, Kansas Syracuse. I've never been, been more good. stressed watching basketball game. <laughs> than watching Syracuse? Than watching Duke Syracuse. Because Syracuse <laughs> wasn't good. Yeah. But you know as that lower digit seed. Yeah. They do just enough. That wasn't a great shooting Duke team. So I was stressed out of my mind watching mm. that one. What, what? Who was on those Duke teams? It's hard to keep track because for a while they were, they were the one-and-done. Uh, they kind of evolved into the one-and-done school and pretty much took it from Kentucky. So that, that 2017-18 Duke team was the uh, Marvin Bagley okay. and... Uh, they have Wendell or... Wait. Yeah, so it was uh, Wendell Carter, Marvin Bagley. Wait, maybe, no, that would have been 18-19. Okay. Wait a minute. Yeah, it was the 18-19 team that I... Watched. That you watched. Yes, because it was Grayson Allen, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, was on yep. that team. Because it was after Kennard had left. Mm. It was, uh, did the uh, the Omaha crowd, uh, did they <laughs> embrace, um, uh, who did you just say? Now I'm, I'm blanking on, on his, the, the much blind. Uh, oh, Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen, yeah. <laughs> Didn't really notice it. No, nothing one way no, or the other? Yeah. Not really. I mean, there were more Kansas fans than Duke fans there. Right. But. It was fine. wasn't wasn't booing him all the time or anything. Yeah. I, I've never been to an NCAA tournament game. I I really want to go next time they come to Omaha. Of course, they're playing in Kansas City. Um, you know, could have made that road trip maybe, but uh, yeah, but guess who didn't get sent to Kansas City? Kansas, Kansas, because they're yeah. salty about it. <laughs> Houston was better all year. Get over yourself, Kansas. Kansas fans. State also not in that bracket. They're, so they're trying to uh, avoid. Uh, local teams, I think. I guess, which is uh, <laughs> fair enough, I guess. But I don't, I don't know. It depends on what you want. Do you want, you know, competitiveness and all that? Because one way or the other, Houston might be winning the championship or playing the Final Four in their own home, so you can't avoid it completely. And the other thing is, I don't know what. What do you think's better? Do you like? Would you do you dislike the competitive advantage, or do you at least like to see people in the building? I know it gets it's better as the tournament moves on. More people buy, more people travel. But some of those games, when you're watching a game that that's supposed to matter, I mean, this then it does. The season's on the line for mm-hmm. both teams, and you know most of the front rows are empty. Not a great look. Yeah. Um. Still more people there than Oregon's NIT game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, Dana. <laughs> that was funny. That was. If you missed that, um, yeah, Dana was not very happy with uh, the Oregon crowd. In fact, even basically pulling a Bo Pelini and saying, if it's me, fire me. <laughs> you know? Literally. Yeah, he said mm-hmm. that. Uh, if, if it's me, let me go um, because he didn't feel like the energy. But at the same time, like I know, and, and it was bad. It was like 3,000 people, and that's why he was so upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, high schools at times could beat that. Well, for reference, Nebraska's women 
drew three times that in two games. Yeah. I mean, they drew 4,000 and 6,000. Yeah. Um, so it's bad. But at the same time, too, when you're Oregon, that going to the NIT, I mean, that's that's it's not quite North Carolina going to the NIT or declining the NIT, but Oregon's used to making NCAA tournament runs, at least as far as, you know, Dana's uh, mm-hmm. tenure has been. So Seven NCAA tournaments for Dana at Oregon. So, yeah, yeah I understand that settling for the NIT probably doesn't feel nearly as good, but come on. There's still games at your home arena. The NIT is so weird because it's just, it's so, it's like if Nebraska would have made it, we would have sold out. I mean, people Mm -hmm. would be going crazy just to get over 500. uh, And at the complete opposite spectrum of that, there are teams opting out because it's below them. Um, And then you have your difficult, I I was listening to them talk on early break one morning. Um, You have your different like distinctions about it. Like you don't, like, what do you, you don't post, like, an NIT appearance. That's not something, like, NCAA appearances, you put on your banners. Um, NIT ones, you don't. You can do championships, I think. I mean, depending on the school. Didn't, didn't North Carolina win an NIT a few years back? Would have been probably, like, 12 I know years TCU back did. Now. Yeah. I just wonder, like, what a, a North Carolina, I don't, th- I, don't think they'd ha- I don't think they'd hang the NIT banner. I, I would. I would hope not. I mean, it would make me laugh, but I would hope not. So let's see. North Carolina won the NIT in 1971, has appeared in two NIT finals with six NIT appearances. Okay, so that's uh, that's, I'm I'm misremembering because I wasn't thinking about 71. Uh, But uh, I'm I'm looking at some of these other teams. Like uh, Connecticut's a proud program that's won the NIT. Michigan, Ohio State in recent years. Baylor, I suppose. I just I, I want I'm interested if those teams hang the banners. I'm proud of Nebraska's banner that they got. So looking at that list, I could see Penn State hanging the banner. Yeah. Not a basketball powerhouse. TCU, maybe George Washington, probably. Stanford shouldn't. Minnesota shouldn't. Baylor shouldn't. Wichita State, maybe. They won it yeah. in 2011. Yeah. Dayton. Eh. Yeah, Dayton beat Carolina in the final. Oh, that's in twenty ten. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then Carolina um, responded <laughs> the next year. <laughs> oh, that two thousand nineteen team, I think, was the one that won the uh, the championship for Carolina. Now you also mentioned and this is going off a little bit, and I want to get back to it because I think imaging is important, and we're going to do that with Husker baseball uh, here coming up tomorrow. Um, but real quick, because you mentioned Penn State, Micah Shrewsbury off to Notre Dame. Uh, and this Penn State team, obviously Jalen Pickett, a big part of it, but a lot of it just kind of transfers, meld together. I think that's why Notre Dame was excited because, I mean, clearly he identified a group that he could put together and didn't take long to get things going at Penn State, which is a difficult place to get things going. Um, can Now the question is, and then I've seen Penn State people saying, you know, do you want to splash high or this or that? Um, it really kind of makes you... I don't know. Somewhat sad for Penn State in my mind because how do you how do you get off the mat? I mean, this is a step toward it, but you've got to now make another hire. That what do you hope? Do you hope it's another Micah Shrewsbury who's gone in two years after success? I guess, but it's it's definitely it it, it just kind of um, it is what it is. And Nebraska might be in a similar category if you didn't have tie-ins um, to Nebraska, where even if you have success, you might be stepping stone territory. We were worried about that with Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. If things went well in the first yeah. two, three years. Hasn't come to that. Right. Um, Penn State's in a fascinating, somewhat similar position to Nebraska. They obviously make the tournament this season. Before that, the last time they made it was 2010, 2011. Mm. One first round game lost in the second round again. 
made it in 2000, made it in 96, made it in 1991. Then you have to go back like 25 years before that yeah. one. So not a lot of basketball success. And some of the names I've seen thrown out for Penn State are like like Colgate's head coach. The style that they play with shooting a lot of threes, very similar to what Penn State did mm. um, the last couple of years under Micah Shrewsbury. So it is a power five job. And I think what you saw under Pat Chambers and what Micah Shrewsbury did this season shows that you can win at Penn State. It's not, you know, a basketball black hole, yeah. but it's always going to be second fiddle to football, um, maybe even behind wrestling in some cases. Uh, volleyball, I think, is still up there in that conversation. Well, it's the problem, so, too. Like, Nebraska, we know Nebraska's not historically very good, but when they're even 500 or flirting with 500, the place is sold out. Rabid. Penn State can... <laughs> I mean, Penn State when they're when they're bad, it's it's what Dana Altman's talking about. It's like yeah. three thousand people in the building, and they still have to block out the upper bowl yeah. of the Bryce Jordan Center. Mm. Regardless, not a good look. It's not. So, uh, Penn State's in a weird spot. I think they should be able to get someone. I just don't know how big that name that'll yeah. be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what a splash hire at Penn because I saw some Mike Penn Bray. State people saying, "Yeah, I don't know what a splash hire means." Because Mike Bray's going to what South Florida? No, actually, oh, is he not? No. So that happened yesterday too, in that he talked with South Florida, but Mike Bray said he was never offered the job. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw reports that it was maybe closing in on that. So that's interesting. I don't. Yeah, just switch jobs. Just give, you know, just switch for Mike Bray. Uh, that's not a bad idea. We're talking uh, just a second ago about imaging because part of it's the banners that you hang up at at, uh, at at PBA, and I think they do a pretty good job. They got a few jersey retireds, uh, you know, retirements up there. They could probably add a few more. I think, in my mind, I, I just more more dressing looks better. You don't have to be mm-hmm. you don't have to explain to everybody when they get in the building. Hey, here's the downfalls of the program. If you have a recognizable name, <clears throat> Eric Strickland, put it up there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, put. <laughs> Put Strick's jersey up there. Put the NIT stuff up there. And, hey, you start winning more in the NCAAs, you can take those down when you need room. Right, right. That's exactly. It doesn't mean it has to be permanent. Uh, All I know is if Nick Collison's jersey is hanging at at Oklahoma (laughs) City's rafters, then we can do whatever we want. Uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Of course, the the big news uh, for Friday for tomorrow's Husker baseball game is the jersey retirements of probably the three greatest um, baseball players in Nebraska history, uh, or at least right up there. Alex Gordon and Darren Erstad certainly stand alone. Shane Komenay, uh, one of the greatest to ever, ever do it as well. Uh, and it's interesting in one way that they're doing it all in one night and not spreading it out. I mean, you could do it different ways. The other thing I saw is now they're putting up their, they're putting up imaging in Haymarket Park of their uh, runs to the College World Series in, in the 2000s. Uh, and I think that that's just incredible. I think that that's, you know, more of that, more of, you know, and it's, it's, you get caught in this stuff, you know, sometimes in football about hanging on to the history too much and, and all that. But uh, where Nebraska baseball and in, in basketball, like we're talking about, that's, that's not on the Nebraska football side. Um, and I don't care. I mean, personally, I love like Nebraska volleyball fully embraces every All-American they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And it looks it looks gorgeous. It looks great. You feel mm-hmm. like you're part of history when you're walking in there. I like more of that. And I don't again, I don't know if you could do that with Nebraska ba- basketball. I don't think there's enough jerseys that are worth that. I don't know if you could do that with Nebraska baseball. But what, with that special run that they had in the early 2000s, I love embracing it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said it, three of the greatest players ever. I mean, yeah. those are Mount Rushmore dudes, without a doubt. So I get that you're sharing the stadium with the Salt Dogs, but if you want to make it feel more like your home, 
um, you know, more homage to the past. It's not a bad thing because those are three of the greatest players ever. One of them coached here, got yeah. you to four regionals, won a Big Ten title, was a number one overall pick. Yeah, honor that guy. Yeah. Uh, one of them won college baseball's Heisman, yeah. was there for college World Series. Great. The other was maybe the best workhorse dude with the nastiest stuff you've had in your program history. Yeah. It's cool to see. And besides, that's how I think you connect the eras. I think, you know, it's a throwback to the people who were there and built it. But it's also something for guys coming in as a recruiting tool. Like, hey, it has been this before. You know, Nebraska can do this. We want you to be a part of the next group to do this. Yeah, and that's not bad to say, hey, you can you could either be the best player in college baseball. It's done, been, done before. Or you can be the number one pick in the draft. It's been done before. So uh, I can't wait for that. I'm going to that tomorrow. Taking my son. I'm worried a little bit about the, the weather. I might not be able to stick through the whole game. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. I bought those tickets. I'm going. Because of the Jersey retirement thing. I mean, I'm really excited for the history of it. I was going to go, but uh, Nick and I are busy tomorrow night. Oh, are so. you? What are you up to? Oh, uh, I'm seeing a gala. Oh, are you really? Yeah. That's interesting. I might have to ask you a little bit more about that. <laughs> uh, we'll also talk uh, Husker football practice. Of course, third practice in the books. A little bit just uh, with that and just expectations moving forward for Nebraska, position groups, uh, stuff like that. We'll break that down coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs>